Welcome to the Brave Church Podcast. Thanks for listening in today. Regardless of what you believe, where you come from, or what questions you might have, you are welcome here. Our mission is to help people find and follow Jesus. If you want to partner with us, or if you're interested in more information, head over to brave.church to find out more. There you'll see resources to help kids learn more about Jesus, discussion guides for this talk, as well as ways our Brave Compassion team is responding to needs in this season. To catch the full Brave release, including worship and other updates, check out this talk on YouTube. Now, thanks for joining us. We hope this talk helps you find and follow Jesus. Hey, Brave Church. We are in week three of our summer talk series, What's Next? It's Vision Sunday. I'm pumped. I hope you're pumped. We got some exciting stuff to talk about. But hey, for those just joining us, I'd encourage you to go back and catch up on week one and two, okay? Because this is a timely vision series for our lives, our families, and our future as a church. Okay, as our state here in California reopens, we're all asking the question, what's next? In week one of this series, we looked at how important it is to face our storms and remember that Jesus is with us. If we don't process all that we've been through, we're gonna carry all that baggage, all that hurt, all that pain into how we see the future. With Jesus, we don't have to do that. We can find hope and healing as we move forward into what's next. But it's not always easy to move forward. Last week, we talked about how important it is to have the right attitude. A reset can be so exciting, but it can also be a bummer. I mean, in transition, you know, work isn't the same, church isn't the same. Some of your favorite places just aren't what they used to be. As we face this transition, we need the right perspective if we want to thrive, even in the face of unmet expectations. We want to see the good stuff that God is up to in our lives. God is preparing us through the past. God is preparing us through the pain. God is preparing us in the present for a future that is full of purpose. This last Sunday, we left off with a story in 2 Kings about a widow who asks the prophet Elisha for help. And all week long, God, he just kept speaking to me through this passage like he wasn't done yet. Kind of like when you see a movie that has you thinking about it the next day, or when you have a meal that just so hit the spot that you're still telling people about it, or a song that just hooks you and you've got it playing on repeat all week long. That's how this passage was for me. The more the week went on, the more it just kept playing in my mind and stirring in my heart. And as this happened, I realized that God wasn't done speaking and it started to give me a bigger vision. And not just for my life and my family, but for our church. So today we're gonna talk about how God fills empty spaces. There are empty spaces in every season of life. Um, I remember feelings of emptiness in my season of singleness where I longed for a partner and someone that I could build my life with. I remember when God unexpectedly filled that empty space with Marcy. I remember moving into our first apartment. You know, we didn't have furniture. We didn't have a TV. At first, we didn't even have a bed. It was empty. But over time, the space filled up. I remember times where I felt spiritually empty. I knew God was with me, but he didn't feel very close. And I love how God promises to draw near to those who draw near to him. He never lets us down. He wants to fill our lives. Emptiness, like a, an empty stomach, rarely feels good, right? It can ache. 
Uh, it can hurt. It, it can be discouraging. But what it can do is alert us to something we're lacking. It can show us our needs. God loves to fill empty spaces because when God fills a space, it's always an upgrade. It's always more of what's good for us. What empty spaces are in your life right now? What are, what are you looking at in your life that feels kind of empty? Empty spaces at the dinner table or empty rooms as your kids are heading off to college? Maybe there are some friends that moved away or you aren't as close anymore and it's created some emptiness. Maybe your empty space is pondering the unknown and wondering what's next for my life. Listen, you came to the right place. Okay, I don't know what empty spaces you're looking at right now, but I do know one thing. God loves to fill empty spaces. He loves to take nothing and turn it into something. With God, an empty space is an exciting situation to be in because it means that we're about to see what's next. If you have a Bible or you want to follow along, we're going to go to 2 Kings chapter 4, and we're going to see what God wants to show us about how he fills empty spaces, okay? 2 Kings chapter 4, starting in verse 1. The wife of a man from the company of the prophets cried out to Elisha, your servant, my husband, is dead, and you know that he revered the Lord. But now his creditor is coming to take my two boys as his slaves. Elisha replied to her, how can I help you? Tell me, what do you have in your house? Your servant has nothing there at all, she said, except a small jar of olive oil. Elisha said, go around and ask all your neighbors for empty jars. Don't ask for just a few. Then go inside and shut the door behind you and your sons. Pour oil into all the jars, and as each is filled, put it to one side. So she left him, and she shut the door behind her and her sons. They brought the jars to her, and she kept pouring. And when all the jars were full, she said to her son, bring me another one. But he replied, there is not a jar left. Then the oil stopped flowing. She went and she told the man of God, and he said, go sell the oil and pay your debts. You and your sons can live on what is left. This widow of a godly man was in a desperate situation. She was about to lose her boys because she couldn't pay their debt. Her bank account was empty. Okay, she cried out to the prophet Elisha asking for help. The first thing that we learn about how God fills empty spaces is this. Number one, God hears those who respect him. God hears those who respect him. When the widow described her husband, she said, she said to the prophet, she said, you know that he revered the Lord. To revere is to respect. Brave church is full of some of the most God-honoring people that I know. We have some of the most faithful, loving, God-respecting people that I have ever met. I hope you see yourself that way because that's how God sees you. He is proud of you and your faithfulness to him during this season. You, you have not forgotten his church and the cause that he died on the cross for. You've given, you've supported, you've stood by because you respect God. 2 Chronicles 16.9 is, is one of my, my life verses. It says, the eyes of the Lord move to and fro throughout the earth, looking for those whose hearts are fully his. God hears the cries of our church because he hears the cries of those who honor and respect him. 
Cry out to God. See how he answers your prayers. This week, maybe share with your brave group or reach out to a friend for coffee or a meal. Share about your emptiness. If you're an introvert, set aside some time to to journal and reflect on where you feel empty and then bring it before God and ask him for help. Maybe you're not a follower of Jesus and you're just checking things out. Hey, what do you have to lose? Try this. You can do this too. Look at your life right now and say, where am I empty? Try bringing it to God. See, see, the truth is we're all in one transition or another. We all have empty spaces. We all have things in our lives that we wish were different, places where we feel like we don't have enough. Bring your needs to God because God hears us. And then what? How can we know it's God responding? How does he do stuff in our lives? Maybe you've wondered this. The second thing that we need to learn is number two, God works with what we have. God works with what we have. The prophet Elisha said to her, tell me, what do you have in your house? What do you have to work with? What has God already given you? What has God given you for a reason? This is a vision moment. Okay, we're gonna end this time together with an ask. I just wanna be upfront about that, okay? There is some emptiness that each of us needs to bring before God. Emptiness for our lives, for our families, but there is also some empty spaces that I believe God wants to fill for our church. And so if this is your church, this is a moment where I believe that God wants to stretch our faith and see what he can do with what we give. Regardless of how you can help personally or or what you decide to do, God is up to something. And what happens next will affect all of us that call this their church home. And so that's what this unification is really all about. It's gonna take all of us. Imagine what God could do through two churches that become one and bring all their empty jars to him. Imagine what God can do through your life when you look at what God has given you as something that he can do more with than you ever imagined. What dreams has he placed in your heart? What passions? I was talking to a friend the other day and he was telling me about an interview that he was listening to with Jeff Bezos and the founder of Amazon. And he was talking about passion being a gift to guide us. You know, it's really cool that Jeff Bezos sees that, right? That it's a gift, but it's even more important for us as followers of Jesus to recognize that God didn't just give us passion as a gift. He gives it to us to guide our lives. God wants to guide our lives through the passions that he's given us. So don't be afraid to embrace them. I love this quote from Howard Thurman. He's a black theologian, author, civil rights leader. He said, don't ask yourself what the world needs. Ask yourself what makes you come alive and go do that. Because what the world needs is people who have come alive. What has God given you already that he can work with? Maybe he's given you a passion and he wants you to embrace it during this season. It could be an empty room that you could fill with a young person that needs a place to live. Have you considered how God wants to use your space? See, all all growing up, my parents, they literally always had an extra room and people would live with us. That brought so much blessing into our home. It it filled empty spaces in unexpected ways that God could use. It's amazing how God used that heart to bring people into their home to bless our family. 
Look at your emptiness. Consider what God has given you to be a blessing and then know this, okay? Number three, God fills every empty jar we bring him. God fills every empty jar we bring him. If you make what you have available to God, he'll fill your empty space. And look what the prophet told the widow to do. He said, he said I'm not just, just going to fill your empty space. He said, go around, ask your neighbors, ask everyone. And even, he even said, don't just ask for a few. This means we need to bring every empty jar that we can find because the size of the miracle is determined by the capacity of the space. How many jars will we bring? How much space do we have? When I'm in San Ramon throughout the week, often before our recording, I, I park and I pray and I walk around. And I do this most days when I arrive in Dublin when I'm dropping my daughters off for preschool. And I just look at the campuses and I walk around and I look at the empty parking spaces, the empty chairs, the empty buildings. And I see spaces that God wants to fill. Brave Church, this is our moment. The oil has already started pouring out. Last Sunday in San Ramon uh, and Dublin, we had our largest attendance since before the pandemic. On Father's Day, which isn't like Mother's Day, okay, where everybody has to go to church with mom. Okay, Father's Day, like people are out golfing, fishing, you name it. Father's Day is usually one of the lowest Sundays of the year. And we had our greatest attendance since before the pandemic. People are coming back. People are coming for the first time. Every Sunday, I'm meeting new people that started attending online and are coming on campus for the first time. Brave Kids is back. Three parents dedicated their children to the Lord last Sunday, and we got to pray over them. And check this out. Last Sunday, three people decided to follow Jesus for the first time. At a time when, sadly, many churches have never felt weaker, we have become stronger. In the Bay Area, a place known as a graveyard for churches, God has positioned us to thrive. See the potential of what will be. Do you see what God is doing? Do you see the lives that will be changed for eternity as our vision comes to life? Think of how many families will be impacted by the gospel when our schools are at full capacity. Think of how many students every year will go into the world with a Jesus-shaped worldview as missionaries who will work in hospitals, run companies, develop technology, and become spiritual leaders. Think of how many people will hear the life-changing message of Jesus preached every Sunday as God fills the empty spaces. As I was praying the other day, I had a thought that, that really just felt smarter than me. You know, in leadership, it's really important to be credible. Credibility is a big deal. It builds trust. It inspires. It gives us the freedom to believe. It's been said that credibility is not what you say you're going to do. It's what you've done. And so I was thinking about this and I realized something, and, and this is what I feel God wants us to really, to really take in, to really let this sink in. Listen, God has a lot of credibility right now. I don't know where your faith is at or, or what that journey has been like. Maybe you've heard some visions in the past and been like, well, that ain't gonna happen, right? Or maybe, maybe you've, you've really put your heart into some things, you've really believed in them and then they just did not happen, okay? Listen, I'm not asking you to believe in me. 
I'm not even asking you to believe in our team. I mean, it's good to believe in the people that are that are leading you and in leadership, right? But this is this isn't a moment about that. This is a moment about asking you to believe in what God can do if we bring our emptiness to him. Look at what God has already done. God has a lot of credibility right now. I've asked my dad, Pastor Darren, to share the first part of this vision with you. And we're going to talk now about what could be. Hey everyone, my name is Darren. I'm founding pastor and executive pastor. And for many years, Pastor Samuel has served my vision. And now it's my honor to continue serving under his vision. This really is an exciting time for me as a dad, but even more so for our church. I love what I'm a part of. It is so much bigger than the part I play. Are you ready for some vision? Here at Brave, all of our vision, everything that we do, breaks down into five key areas we call vision lanes. These are the vision lanes that we'll be focusing in on every year. And what we do in them can change, but the big picture categories are always the same. So here we go, Brave's five vision lanes. Local missions, national missions, global missions, next gen, and brave projects. Number one, local missions. First of all, we have brave compassion. It's through brave compassion that we provide meals to families in need, groceries, financial assistance, paid rent, assist in finding housing for people, uh, provide counseling services, prayer, spiritual encouragement, and hundreds of meals this past year to healthcare workers. Secondly, CityServe. CityServe, they help prevent hundreds of families every month from becoming homeless in our valley. To give you an idea, in a month, they got over 300 care calls, over half required intervention. And because of CityServe, 126 households in a month received rental assistance totaling almost $300,000. Many other local churches partner with CityServe, but also our surrounding cities are now allocating funding because they're so impressed by what a great job the church is doing at caring for people. Another ministry that we have is called Next Step, and their mission is to be widely known and embraced by our communities as the center of hope and healing for women facing critical life choices. Christians are known for arguing about, you know, when life begins. We think the better question is, when does motherhood begin? And what are we doing to support and empower women to make healthy life choices? Shepherd's Gate, the Celebrate Recovery Program at Shepherd's Gate, just recently graduated 15 women battling addictions who completed the program over a 10-month period. Way to go. These women were equipped with tools to help them overcome any hurt, habit, hang-up, or addiction they were facing. Four of these women were baptized by Pastor Jimmy. Way to go, Pastor Jimmy. A new season of Celebrate Recovery at Shepherd's Gate will begin this August, but we've already been connecting people who are reaching out for help. New Day for Children. We've been supporting New Day for many years, and they rescue and rehabilitate young girls caught in sex trafficking right here in Oakland. This past year, we were able to fund, listen to this, the rescue of seven girls. Seven girls whose lives have been changed forever. 
Another ministry that we support is called Faith First. Faith First is a network of churches who want to create meaningful connections between its various congregations. Specifically, we want to bring churches of different ethnic and social economic backgrounds together to tear down cultural, geographic, and socioeconomic walls. This organization was started by one of our very own, Vintage Foster. It's incredible to think God is using someone right here in our church body to do this, and it's an honor to support him. One of the things I love about Vintage, as I've had the privilege to spend a lot of time with him this past year, is, well, he gets stuff done. And when a person says yes to God's call and puts their heart and energy behind it and doesn't just sit on their ideas or point fingers at everyone else that's not doing enough, wow, God can work through that kind of person. And so why do we need such an organization as Faith First? Well, we live in a divided world, and too often that division includes the church. There needs to be greater unity among the body of Christ, amen? And we have to return to a place of where we live by faith first and other affiliations second. The Christian community must return to providing an example to others of what God's love means and what it looks like and how it works, especially for those who see the world differently than us. Our second lane is called National Missions. And under there, we support groups like Convoy of Hope. Convoy of Hope, they delivered 150 million meals during COVID. Forbes listed Convoy of Hope in the top 100 charities for nonprofits. They received four Navigator Stars. They met and exceeded all requirements. Only 2% of all charities achieved this. Feeding children, providing nutritious meals to families, Disaster services. Convoy of Hope has eight international warehouses, four domestic warehouses, a specialized disaster response fleet, and a highly trained team of staff and volunteers to respond to disasters quickly and effectively. In fact, every time you hear of a disaster, you're already giving through Brave to Convoy of Hope. And whenever something happens, we want to respond immediately We can receive designated giving that goes directly to aiding those affected because they're literally responding to a national-level disaster. When there's a hurricane predicted, they arrive ahead of time to get in position to serve. Another great ministry we support is Trafficking Hope. It's a national organization, and your generosity has helped rescue over 469 girls nationally. Your generosity has helped them build a debt-free apartment building that is at full capacity with a waiting list. This transitional housing is a critical step in providing sustainable success in victim care. And as a part of the program, residents are plugged into a local church and actively participate in small groups and participate in freedom groups, which will create an environment for residents to have a life-giving family. I'm so proud of our church and what we're involved in. Church planning also. Your generosity also helps us plant churches through one of the most successful church planning networks in America called ARC, Association of Related Churches. Brave Church also has helped plant Atmosphere Church in Thousand Oaks, and it is flourishing. Our third lane is global missions. 
Now, before I share some of the global missions, I just want you to know that there's a team in Dublin that's been meeting on global missions before our two churches even unified. And so we haven't been able to meet yet, but these are the ministries that we're currently committed to. Life, water, everywhere. Open Arms, Mexico. Agua Viva Ministries in Mexico. Echo of Christ, Middle East, bringing the gospel to the Middle East. Less than 1% have heard the gospel. The fourth lane is next gen. Brave Kids is back. We now have Brave Kids at both campuses. We have coordinators identified for every key volunteer position. The team is growing. Uh, I asked for an update on how things were going, and Pastor Tara told me, well, two boys in San Ramon told me last week that they decided to be best friends. Isn't that cool? Because of Brave Kids, parents are able to join in worship and be impacted by God's word without distraction. And every Sunday, more families and kids are returning, and we're able to care for them and teach them about Jesus. Those are just a very few things that we are so excited about in helping kids find and follow Jesus through Brave Kids. Brave Youth is back stronger than ever. We have not one, but two campuses where youth are gathering weekly in small groups. In this last year, our student ministry in Dublin has exploded with growth, going from an average of 16 students being served to 55 students a week. We have students getting connected to brave youth through Valley Christian Schools Uh, In fact, Pastor Chris told me that a student named Toby with a Buddhist background recently gave his heart to Jesus and has been attending every week since. In San Ramon, over 100 students attended a rally night this past quarter. We put on a worship night a few months ago, and two parents told us that ever since then, uh, their daughter has attended the encounter nights, and she's been different. She used to struggle with so much anxiety and depression, and now she's completely different. Praise God. Brave youth are being changed by the presence of God. There's a vibrant core of student leaders serving every week. And we're so proud. We're so encouraged by what's happening through our next-gen teams. Another ministry that's local but outside of our church that we partner with is called Teen Esteem. And it goes into our schools, Teen Esteem, and they meet with parents and they provide teaching and resources for the most challenging issues of our day that families are facing in our valley. From teen suicide, sexual addictions, binge drinking, and drugs. Suicide is the second leading cause of death for persons ages 10 to 19. 50% of all lifetime mental illnesses begin at age 14. Youth ministry is so critical. More than 90% of people who have an addiction started to drink alcohol or use drugs before they were 18 years of age. We're currently partnering with them through the use of our new stage in San Ramon to help them build a video library of resources for students and parents online. They have already been able to record on our San Ramon campus 17 video resources. To give you an idea of Teen Esteem's tremendous impact, here's what partnering with them will help make happen. We'll reach 15,000 students through classroom assembly programs and student videos. 
we will reach 60,000 parents through parent ed programs and social media and produce 25 student videos. 17 are already done. Now I'm going to turn it back over to Pastor Samuel as he shares about some really exciting projects that we need your help with. All right. Thanks, Dad. Pastor Darren. Well, hey, in the link below, there's a form to the digital version of this card. Uh, but what it does is it lists all the things that we're going to talk about that we could, that could be, that, that we could do together if we're able to raise enough resources. But before we talk about these projects, I want to make something really clear. The only reason that these projects matter is because people matter. Everything we do around here is about helping people. So there's a heart behind each of these that I'll share as I tell you about them. But at the end of the day, we just want to help people find and follow Jesus. And we believe that these things are important right now to helping us do that better. Okay, so the first one is stage renovation in Dublin. Um, we want to raise 275000 towards this. Uh, one of the things COVID has shown us, uh, really two things. Online ministry is way more important than we ever realized, and it's also not enough. Okay, we need a strong online ministry, and we need a place for people to come and gather for worship in the room together. So in faith, we took action during the pandemic, and we, we already renovated the stage in San Ramon, uh, but we wanted it to be an attractive place equipped for online and in person. See, online all throughout the week, we can film stuff there, serving kids, students, even partnering with other nonprofits that we serve. Uh, but this is also an enhancement to our live worship experience. And so we think both campuses should have equally inspiring spaces to worship in and be equipped for this new era of ministry. Um, so far this year, just to share some wins, uh, we've added 179 subscribers to our YouTube channel with a total of 1,867 subscribers. Uh, we've seen 4,050 hours of content viewed and 24,819 views. Our online campus is our new front door. Every Sunday out in the lobby, I meet people who are coming for the first time that have already been checking things out online. Um, the next up, Dublin campus, first impressions update. Um, every morning when I drive my girls up to preschool in Dublin, their favorite part of the drive is the roller coaster at the end. Okay? If you've been to the church offices or dropped off kids, you know what I'm talking about. Okay, It's the part where the roots of the trees are lifting the pavement and creating these huge bumps that you have to drive over. So, so they love the roller coaster, but parents don't. And it's not very, a very welcoming experience if you've ever been visiting the church office or driven up that way. And so we need to fix it because it's getting worse. Uh, we also need new signage that reflects our new branding and our name. And so it's easy to find the church. We want to rebuild the signs and add a third sign so that every entrance has one. And we're also talking about a way to put banners above the sign so that we can promote things like enrollment season for our schools or community-wide events so that thousands of people driving by each week see what's coming up. Uh, and then entitlement agreements. San Ramon campus um, has entitlement agreements that need to be extended for the master plan of that campus. Um, if, if you've just joined us or you're coming from Dublin, this is pretty exciting. San Ramon has an incredible opportunity to one day build the largest auditorium off of the 680. Um, it's just an amazing master plan that was inherited. 
Um, takes many, many years to get these master plans, but we've actually um, received this, inherited this, and now we just need to extend it. And that's about $30,000 to extend this just to buy time because we're not ready to build that yet. We don't need to build that yet, but we don't want to lose the opportunity for the future because really this is something that we need to steward. Not another inch of land will be given to churches in our region to gather for worship. So we want to steward this blessing because it will affect many generations to come, even beyond us. Uh, and then we have marketing for all of our schools. This is our last one. Um, we, want to, we want to dedicate 125000 towards this. Valley Christian Schools have a rich legacy of impacting so many families in our region, more than any one single ministry in our area. And so for decades, families have been supported and encouraged through these schools. They're not just for our church. They're for all the churches. Uh, but we want to market them well. Um, children at our schools never missed a day of learning during the pandemic. Every child is known and loved with the, with the best uh, teacher-to-student ratios in the region. And our classrooms are known for incredible academics. Our schools are missional. They're offering a gospel-based worldview. And so we want to really support this, spread the word. This is a great time um, as everybody is looking for you know, what they're going to do with their kids in school. And so this next year, we want to really just blow the doors open and make sure people know that our schools are available to them. So hey, a couple next steps. As the leaders of Brave Church, we are responsible to hear from God and set the vision. But you set the pace, okay? The pace that we go is set by your generosity. It's not my job to ask you for money or to ask you to give, but it is my responsibility to ask you to ask God what he wants you to give. So there's no guilting here. This isn't one of those like drive-by guilting, like, you know, the kids are going to starve if you don't give. Like, no, this isn't one of those weird things, but this is a moment, okay? And, I, and I'm not ashamed. I'm not shy. I'm not embarrassed to ask you because I believe in this vision, and I believe this is going to help a lot of people find and follow Jesus, and I want to ask you to give. But as we close, I want to leave you with one more thing, okay? There, there's another story in the Old Testament about a different prophet, and his name was Elijah. Elisha actually succeeded his mentor, Elijah. And in 1 Kings, there's this time where the older prophet, Elijah, was in need. There was a drought in the land, and God told him to go to a place where a widow would take care of him. So he went there, and when he came to the town gate, a widow was gathering sticks. And he asked her if she'd bring him a little water in a jar so that he could have a drink. And so she, she was going to get it, and he called and he said, bring me um, some bread, please. And she replied, telling him, hey, uh, I don't, my son and I, we have nothing. In fact, I'm getting these sticks because I'm going to go home and start a fire, and we're going to eat our last meal, and then that's it. I don't know what we're going to do next. And so this is what Elijah said to her. He said, don't be afraid. Go home and do as you have said. But first make a small loaf of bread for me from what you have and bring it to me. And then make something for yourself and your son. For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says, the jar of flour will not be used up and the jug of oil will not run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the land. She did what he said. She was brave, she had faith, and the Lord provided for her and her family. It's easy to miss something in this story. Okay, the Lord told this great prophet who was in need, he needed, needed help, he needed food. 
he, he told him to go to a widow and ask her for help. This would have been so random. It would have taken so much humility to go there and ask for help. But it's how God wanted to provide. He didn't, he didn't tell him to go ask the wealthiest person in town. He told him to ask the widow. And in return, the widow was greatly blessed. See, our God uses the weak to lead the strong. He takes the unexpected and does the impossible. So in closing, I want to humbly ask you to pray. You may have a lot or you may have a little. This widow gave out of her emptiness and God never let it run out. I only ask you to give what God puts on your heart. But as your pastor, if this is your home church, please don't miss this moment here. Okay, something, anything is better than nothing. Give God something to bless. Let's pray. God, I pray right now over every person. You know, this is a moment where we are asking you to fill some empty spaces. We're also asking our church family to contribute and to give. Some will, will, will literally feel as if they're giving out of their emptiness in this moment. But God, we know your blessing flows when we are generous, when we trust in you to supply all of our needs. And so God, we, we lay this vision before you. We ask you to provide in any way you see fit. But God, we pray uh, for many, many people to find and follow Jesus through what you've asked of us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us for the Brave Church Podcast. If this ministry is impacting you, please consider giving to support what God is doing through our church. For questions or to get connected, please visit brave.church. We'll see you next week.